following a pitch by marketing executive Danny Moore, Nismo, the motorsport division of Nissan, establishes the GT Academy to recruit skilled players of the racing simulator Gran Turismo and turn them into real racing drivers. This is Gran Turismo, based on a true story. And uh, welcome to a new episode of the Nosebleed AV Club. You look right. confused by the gag. Do you do you recognize that? So it actually cut off. It but cut off? But I heard a little bit of it. Is it the fucking Wiz Khalifa song from Passengers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was cut off. On, it was cutting out on my end. I heard like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I was like, I, I know that anywhere. <laughs> Naturally, we're talking Gran Turismo, so of course you got to have. Am I am I right or? Yeah, no, no. Rest in peace, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> uh, just thought? kidding. Do not. Uh, that's bad. That's bad, Juju. Do not wish that on Paul Rudd. I like Paul Rudd. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Captain America. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Baskin Robbins. Oh, they know. They know. They, they'll always know. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> enough of that yes from one car movie to another fast and fair has truly passed the torch to gran mm -hmm, turismo mm -hmm. as vog said uh we are talking about the movie gran turismo which is of course based on the game but also based on a true story it follows the story of jan martinborough oh sorry not jan yan yan, yan. martinborough um who your american is showing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> who uh, somehow became a racer off this game, which is one of the, the craziest things about this movie. Truly the most inspiring racist of all time, I got to say. <laughs> this movie has a really, really, really strong leading cast. So I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with this guy. But Archie Madekwe. Yeah. Yes. Oh. And you know why I'm familiar <laughs> I, I with Archie. I do know why you are you familiar know with him. But okay, other than the obvious movie, which I'll, I'll say because maybe our audience isn't as keen on it, mm -hmm. um, I'm a huge fan of Midsommar, uh, and Archie is in that. He's also in Saltburn. Mm -hmm. Um, he's also there's another movie that Bo is Afraid. <clears throat> What's up? Bo oh, yeah, Bo is afraid. afraid. Yeah, haven't seen any of those, but mm -hmm. have heard nothing but good things. So I can yeah. only imagine this guy's fucking resume is pretty fucking solid just great movie selection great projects yeah to be a part of. i haven't seen saltburn yet i've heard things about it um but i am very much curious to watch it so yeah jack salter is played by david harbour needs no introduction stranger things mm -hmm. black widow hellboy, hellboy and of course yeah. 2016's suicide squad <laughs> <laughs> I, iconic movie, iconic movie, <laughs> Un untouchable. Uh, for so many reasons. truly, truly untouchable, <laughs> untouchable, <laughs> untouchable. Maybe somebody should have touched it. Let's be honest. <laughs> Maybe it was Maybe. touched too much. <laughs> Release the air cut. <laughs> Maybe it was touched too much. Actually, yeah. <laughs> and come on now, say my favorite, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I need to hear this. Say, say his name. Give him to me. Who who <laughs> plays my man, the marketing genius? Executive no. Danny Moore is played by none other than bootstrap Bill Turner's son, yes. Orlando <laughs> Bloom of Wilt Pirates. Wilt 
Pirates of the Caribbean. A the movie that movie is held in high regard here at the Nosebleed AV Club. Yeah, and apart from that, so he's also in Lord of the Rings. Plays mm-hmm. Legolas, of course. How can you not know mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And again, needs no introduction, but he got yeah, one. God damn, did he fucking age? <laughs> Holy yeah, fuck. He looks so bad. I don't know if it's just been it's just been that long since I've seen Orlando Bloom in a fucking movie, but when I saw this, I was like, oh my god, he's old. Yeah, that is not Will Turner. That is not Legolas. I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it might also be just because I watched Pirates of the Caribbean so much that, that image of who Orlando Bloom is, mm-hmm. that's like what's burned into my memory is yeah. young Orlando Bloom. Prime Orlando Bloom prime prime orlando bloom but hey listen to be honest like if we're just talking about looks he doesn't look bad it just isn't like the orlando bloom that we're all like i mean at least i'm not used uh, to, i mean personally know? my favorite look for him was legolas i thought I was like oh yeah he's a mm. good looking dude will turner mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i mean we're getting sidetracked here we can't like, once again pirates of the caribbean takes over he's called he's called legolas in that movie because he's been running in my mind all day long <laughs> anyways let's get into the movie let's let's <laughs> Enough Orlando Bloom glazing. <laughs> oh, dude. The, the only thing glazed was those goddamn breaks. <laughs> Before we go anywhere with this movie, I think we should share some backstory, right? Okay. This history. podcast. Okay. This So Gran Turismo, to me and Matt specifically, holds a lot of significance. There's, I mean, I'd even dare to say like some sentimental value. Not because we're like super hardcore like racing fans or anything, mm. but... A part of where a lot of our joint ventures that we've done in the past come to fruition is over PSN game chat. In the more recent years, Gran Turismo has been like our go-to game to just like kind of play and like, you know, have conversations. Because, you know, we live about three hours away from each other. Uh, We're not like a type of family that like talks on the phone that frequently. Like Mm. These game nights are our like bonding time together and our time to like, catch each other up on our our lives. So I feel like as we get older, like Gran Turismo specifically will hold like a kind of like a special place in our memory just because that is the game that we go to and like have had so many conversations over. And like we don't even race in that game. We just dick no. around on the tracks. Yeah. So- you know, like we crash <clears throat> into each other. We just kind of like make the worst builds of cars as yeah we can build the slowest kind of cars possible <laughs> yeah and then smash into them with like pickup yeah. trucks to elaborate further it was like that for a long time up until recently when we started this podcast and now we can just kind of hop on discord whenever we need to like talk about something but gran turismo was just a game you could put on not have to worry about anything just focusing on the conversation and just mindlessly play my personal history with gran turismo is i've played the the first few like on what was it playstation or playstation 2 mm-hmm. but i wasn't mm-hmm. like super heavy into it until we started playing gran turismo 4 gt3 for me personally was the first jumping off point because it was like one of the very first games we bought when we first got our ps2 just playing that game and like watching you play it whenever you would come over like i have like so much nostalgia for it like gran turismo 4 i think is pretty much agreed upon about around like all of gt fans as probably one of the best gt games if not the best gt game but GT3 specifically for me just has so much like meaning and like nostalgia, mm-hmm. you know, and then jump to like GT5. Like I had I like have a lot of nostalgia for because I played a lot of that with like a lot of my friends who were car guys and I wasn't a car guy. And I learned a lot about cars through GT5 and playing through with them. And then obviously GT7 with you. So are they on seven? Yeah. Man, I don't even know which one they're on. 
Yeah, this is GT7. This GT7? Okay, so yeah, GT7 yeah. is the one we've been throwing on and just mindlessly mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. and talking. When I initially heard they were making a Gran Turismo, actually, I don't even think I heard they were making one. I just happened to see the trailer one day. This movie flew so <laughs> under the radar. Yeah, like, I didn't and even I know what's happening. I think the problem with this movie or like at least this movie just not getting the buzz that it probably should have gotten because like there's so much to love about this movie before even watching it right like the cast like you said there's a like really good cast behind it just on paper a surprisingly like, cast good awesome. cast the director Neil Blomkamp who's made like some great fucking movies it's like District 9 is like up there is like a movie that I fucking love you mm-hmm. know but i think what really fucked this movie over was fucking uncharted coming out cuz uncharted was so mid like it was just not a great adaptation of the game. It just wasn't a great movie altogether. It was, you know, it was okay. I'm not gonna say it Did was they, terrible. They didn't come out on the same time though, right? Uncharted came no, out. No, it came out before. It yeah. came out like a year before. Yeah. So but I think people already don't care for Sony making movies just because the Spider Man movies that they made prior to like Tom Holland joining the Marvel Disney shit were like kind of just like typical comic book movies. They weren't really pushing anything forward. So not a lot of people were hyped on Sony focusing more on movies going into like, I think 2021, 2022 is when they start pushing this initiative to like really start going more in on like the television stuff. And Uncharted was the first test of that. And it just wasn't great. But since then they've come out with Gran Turismo they did the Last of Us uh, TV HBO series. Mm-hmm. Um, they're working on a God of War series with Amazon. So, like, since then, since Uncharted, everything else I feel like has been really well, fucking good. This movie just had a lot of things going against it in general. Uh, in yeah. addition to that, first of all, video game movies typically aren't great. Mm-hmm. Second of all, not a whole lot of racing movies get you know any recognition or any interest really. I mean, you can make the yeah. argument for maybe what was it, Ford versus Ferrari. Ford I think, versus Ferrari. I think that got some hype. Um, but there's like other a new one that, that's coming out that actually does look really interesting too. Right. But other but yeah, than Ford that, Ferrari at the time, like car movies were what? Fast and Furious? Like the Need for Speed movie looked like ass. Looked like Need trash. Need for Speed ass. I will say this, uh, which this movie actually draw, does draw a lot of parallels to this movie. But the Speed Racer movie got was like critically panned. Like it did not get I know you reviews. really liked that But one. the Speed Racer movie is legitimately like actually like a really fun, good movie. Like, this movie had a lot going against it. So, with that, though, you've seen it now. I just finished watching it a second time prior to mm-hmm. uh, recording this episode. You could say it was a race to finish, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Much like sex. Always coming first, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, <laughs> Undefeated. What What did you What did you think about this movie? So In I'm terms a- of just, like, what Gran Turismo is his game? And also... Well, actually, let me real quick, before you answer that, let me yeah. ask you a question. How much of the real story okay. do you know about? Yeah, I actually did want to bring that up. So yeah. I went the opposite approach with this movie than I did with the Iron Claw. With the mm-hmm. Iron Claw, I, I made an effort to kind of research the, the Von Erich family before I watched the movie. So that I had an idea of what I was getting into. And the previous podcast I mentioned like, oh, I wonder if, you know, the Iron Claw would have been a lot different for me if I didn't know anything going into it. So mm-hmm. that being said, I went into this movie completely blind. Did mm-hmm. not look it up at all. Just watched the movie. Um, and most of my takes uh, in this podcast about this movie will be from the perspective of just the movie. Nothing from yeah. the real story. Just what I saw in the movie and what the movie presented to me um, and how I felt about it. Didn't even know this was a thing that they started yeah. like a GT Academy. 
I understand why, because it draws people in whenever they see this type of shit. But like, so when I first saw the trailer for this movie, because when I first heard about it, the biggest thing for me was like, how do you make that? Right. Like, what even is that? With other video games movies, you can kind of conceptualize, okay, they'll probably follow the story or whatever. But Gran Turismo doesn't have a story. Exactly. They just play the games. So like, I was super curious how they even do that. Then the trailer comes out and I see oh, this is about someone that plays the game but then actually races in real life and then it's like based on a true story. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this actually happens? So, like, I actually did go into the watching the movie knowing what the true story was because after seeing the trailer, I just, like, I had to look it up, you yeah. know? I was just so baffled at how someone can make a based on a true story movie about Gran Turismo going off of what I knew about Gran Turismo at the time. I am very curious how I would have reacted if I hadn't known the true story, like much like how you were about Iron Claw. Mm. But I think it kind of also gave me a deeper appreciation for the movie when watching it, because there were certain things that I knew that the movie was referencing or showing Mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, fuck, like that's super fucking cool. Before we get into like the why and the how, like. Let's just start with you, Matt, because you are the fresh perspective on this. This mm-hmm. is my second time watching it. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the movie? The fact that it's a true story kind of helps this movie out. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you at least know that it's based on a true story. If you don't know the mm-hmm. whole story, that's fine. But if you know it's a, mm-hmm. it's a true story, it, it kind of helps it out because the premise, like just the, the whole it's thing unbelievable, is unbelievable. Right? And yeah. it doesn't really make sense. Like yeah. It just doesn't compute. It's yeah. it's insane, is what it is. Yeah. Having that knowledge in mind kind of helped me forgive of uh, a lot of things. I would have mm. knocked this movie on hard. Mm. I will say this: it took a really long time for me to get into it. There's there's elements that that kind of like I couldn't get out of my mind. Uh, one thing I do appreciate is that it's so fucking meta. Yeah. Like it opens with a fucking commercial. <laughs> of Gran Turismo. <laughs> By the way, this whole movie, this whole movie is just Sony and Gran Turismo just stroking each other just be like, "Oh, dude. oh you're so, so cool. You're so fucking cool. hard." <laughs> yeah. Dude. This whole thing is a fucking advertisement. It's like You want to talk about the rims being glazed? Our faces were being yo, glazed by all of the glazing yo, that Sony was doing with each I don't know himself. how this episode always comes up, but again, in our spirited podcast you mentioned doesn't this feel like a target ad this whole movie felt like a fucking sony ad it was insane 1000 percent. it was insane i agree with you um but there were things like right off the bat that kind of threw me off so the commercial i thought was funny because gran turismo does make you sit through like a fucking movie before you even get to play the game so i'm like okay kudos you got me there yes but a lot of the dialogue was super corny in the Mm -hmm. beginning like I'm talking like Disney Channel movie levels of sure. corny. Um, sure. And then there was like one of the opening songs was just such a YouTube song. Like yeah. fucking Casey Neistat level shit. It screams like uh, like uh, what you call that? The, one of those like uh, what's it called? The license free music? Royalty free yes. music. It screams royalty yeah. free music. Yeah. yeah. So it, that kind of took me out of it. And then a lot of the like the, the dialogue was just like so like gamer specific that it just mm-hmm. was like super fucking like cringe to me. There is one instance in the movie where that works. Uh, I mean, I'll just say it because it's not super important, yeah. but like when there's parts, there's parts in the movie where the, uh, the pit crew lead, 
like is tossing it back to him and like it's corny but it's also so funny because you know he's doing it to antagonize him yeah where he's like that was like that was a good first try noob <laughs> or whatever like those are when it's acceptable but i know what you're talking about it's like we're gamers so we talk about we yeah talk like this or like the you fucking, know the fucking like, you gotta get over your fam <laughs> like uh, no like it's like so okay, like, okay. Right. there's there's a couple lines in particular that just really just yeah. made me go like groan and just like ugh. Like yeah. one of them <laughs> was when he's going to race his friend online, right? Or some guy online yeah. and his friends on the mic and he yeah. hears his dad bitch at him and he goes, yeah. oh, your dad really doesn't understand your lifestyle. But bro, what, what fucking lifestyle? Right? There's no lifestyle. You're a fucking loser There's, right now. Yeah. And yeah. then like yeah. when he goes to that gaming cafe, and the Which, fucking look, let me tell you right now. Like, if you watch this movie, there is no gaming cafe that looks like this. Dude, I don't it, know if it, yeah, what the fuck? I don't know what the fuck that was because there was like literally yeah. just all GT like stations. Like, yeah. what, who, what? <laughs> it is a GT only gaming cafe, which there is no which, money. That's yeah. bad business. So it's a GT only gaming cafe. But then the fucking dude who owns it goes, Oh, yeah, that's what I like to hear the, the sound of like keyboards clicking and blah, blah, blah. Like, bro, no keyboards, <laughs> no keyboards being clicked. Like, at what? All. I think. Maybe there's like one person playing like Uncharted in the background that you can spot. I, but like other than that, I didn't see anything else. Yeah, me neither. So that's why I was like, what the fuck? And also like when he the way he got his invitation to compete. OK, we're, we're getting too we're getting <laughs> okay. too deep. Like, just, like I, just, I, I, I have those gripes, too. But like, let's just keep going with okay. your overarching idea. But okay, yes, okay. I agree with you. The that is <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll get into it. OK, we'll get into it. So overall, overall, I think my opinion is pretty similar to like everyone who's watched this movie was like not as bad as i expected it to be yeah right surprisingly sure. good although that might be a bit strong for me personally yeah. but it was i enjoyed it more than i thought i would once you get past the the, the setup to mm-hmm. the academy and him passing and then going on to be a racer it, it's fine from there but that first yeah. part is, is kind of you, you kind of gotta like forgive it and and mm-hmm. just try to keep watching for me like let me just like let's just go out and say it like i i love this movie like i i really did love this movie like i enjoyed it i had a really good time with it you know it's not trying to be anything more than what it advertised itself to be which was a summer popcorn flick essentially that sets my expectations and i enjoyed it for what it was i don't know what people's interpret like idea of what i like or my taste is with so far <laughs> but i feel like i can maybe come off as a little pretentious sometimes based on like me liking no. like really artsy movies or no. whatever no but like no <laughs> i can kidding. appreciate movies for being what they are you know being you know what it is it's just there's certain lines i cross like with the spirited one mm. i feel like it was pretending to be something that it actually wasn't that's where i drew the line if something just kind of embraces what it is and just goes for it in that genre then like i, I think I'm, I'm mostly for the for the most part i'm fine mm. and i think this movie does that i love this movie a lot i really enjoy it I super hardcore do agree with you that this movie has its flaws mm-hmm. and a lot of those flaws exist in the beginning of the movie, the setup, mm-hmm. a lot of the setup. Like, so just to kind of piggyback off of like some of the things you kind of hinted at for me, there's like so many things that like just do not make sense. Like how the invitations are delivered, mm-hmm. completely stupid. Could have just been an email. Exactly. So this movie, and you know, tell me if you agree with me or not, this movie does so much um in the beginning especially like there's certain things you forgive later on in the movie because that's just movies yeah that's what a movie is 
But the beginning especially does manufacture drama that is completely <laughs> unnecessary. Yeah. So unnecessary. So to list some examples, I think the manufactured drama of the car chase from the police is completely mm-hmm. unnecessary. I, I do have a, a, a few thoughts on that. Yeah, that doesn't need to be in the – in my opinion, that doesn't need to be in the movie. Uh, the manufactured drama of him like racing to make it to the to the race <laughs> – the the GT race online at the at the yeah. gaming cafe that doesn't need to fucking happen. Uh, the manufactured drama of the love interest oh, doesn't need to happen. One of my she's biggest. already into you. You can fucking tell the minute they talk that she's already into you. So the love I, interest altogether I can go further does not into need that. to exist. Yeah, I agree with that. I want to get further into that, or I want to delve yeah. deeper into that because I have so many thoughts on that. And so here's the thing with me: like the drama that they should have focused on, they honestly don't do enough of. So, like, for example, the rift between his father and him. The father honestly doesn't it, even he really wasn't even play that, that big of a part. He wasn't a fucking factor at all in the movie. Yeah. There's the little bit of resistance that exists at the beginning of the movie. But then after that, he doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like, at all. They don't even like, show him, like, changing his feelings on it. He just kind of shows yeah. up and is just like... yeah. Yeah, that's my son or whatever. The one thing that I really wish the movie did do was if they just removed all of those manufactured, the manufactured drama that is like super inconsequential, you know, like that doesn't fucking matter. They could have easily filled that with more time developing him and his dad's relationship, making it actually matter. Then more time showing the game process because they're actually, even though this is a Gran Turismo movie, there actually is very little Gran Turismo in this movie. And, like, I understand it's a video game. You know, you can only make it so interesting, him playing the video game. But I feel like if they had shot the that race scene of him racing in the game, kind of like how they shoot the actual race scenes, mm-hmm. even though it's simulated, if they had given it that much love and attention, they probably actually could have made it really interesting and, and hammered home the fact that like this is a guy that knows this shit that is capable of the shit through the video game because that's the big thing mm-hmm. is that the whole thing is that he's a person that knows this game like the back of his hand and is able to translate that into racing actual cars mm-hmm. so i feel like they should have done a better job at hammering home the game aspect of it because that is huge that is the huge that is the foundation of this movie is the fact that he's only ever known the game so you should probably develop that aspect of it more i i are we going to start going into like the deeper things now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay i want to give this movie some props first before i kind of yeah. delve into my my criticisms i thought most, not all, but most of the the game elements that they integrated into the movie was pretty good. I think I know what you're not what what isn't a part of that most, but I agree with you. Yes, the game um, elements were so, so good. like especially the sound effects that they use. Yes, like, so, taking the sound effects from the game. So that's one of the one of the things I liked was the sound effects um, from mm-hmm. the game. Thought it was really well done. There was a, a uh, an establishing shot of Jan's house. That mm-hmm. looks exactly like a backdrop in photo mode. I mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, that's that's fucking photo mode right there." Yeah. Um, the location titles very mm-hmm. GT, so really mm-hmm. liked that. Yeah. Um, the overlays were okay-ish. I understand they want to make cool imagery with like the car overlays and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one that I kind of appreciated was 
when they they set it up and then they call it back. So when he's doing the initial like qualifying race, that's when it mm-hmm. overlays into like the the Nissan GTR. And yeah, then yeah. at the end of the movie, when he's in Le Mans and he's yeah. like you know doing his thing, it overlays into like his bedroom. So I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's a cool little moment. Sure. The one that really fucking pissed me off was during the 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 cop evasion scene where it just says like cop evaded. I'm like, what the Dude, fuck is that? This so this you. isn't Grand thank Theft you. Auto. This isn't Need for Speed Underground. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah. So here's here's where this movie fucks up, right? It's big. Like to me, this is kind of a big fuck up because your movie is Gran Turismo. Yes. Your movie is based on an existing game property that already has assets that you can Mm -hmm. pull from why so like the cop scene does it first of all my opinion is that the cop scene doesn't even need to be in there at all it it doesn't even okay uh, we'll get into that but yeah yeah. (laughs) the cop scene doesn't even need to be in there at all in my opinion but on top of that you pull this bullshit where you add a video gamey effect a video gamey overlay to something that isn't even in the video game yeah why does it even need to be like an like an overlay like why does it need to be there like what does it say? Like mission accomplished or something, and then it says Some cop bullshit avoided. Like that. Yeah, cop avoided. It says like cop avoided, and then it says like mission accomplished or something. Yeah, like in the same shitty font. Yeah, and same it's like shitty graphic. That's nowhere, that is that has nothing to do with GT. That's not in the game. You don't do that. Like it, you know, like the 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 style, even the style that yeah, you're displaying it just, it did not make, doesn't match the GT aesthetic. It at looked all. like a fucking mobile mobile game, fucking. It looks like thing. a fucking mobile game, you know. Like it's just bad. It's just like such a weird fucking choice because your whole thing is like imitating the video game and showing aspects of the video game and how it applies to his real life, and mm. you do something that doesn't exist in the game. Like, it would have been sicker if you did something where, like, the chase is happening and he sees, like, a line, you know? And he, like, follows a line. Because it's not unlike for him to, like, see a line in yeah. driving the streets because he lives here. Mm-hmm. He it, it could be assumed that he knows these streets really well because he's from this town. So it's not unlike him to, like, have know, like, what's the best line to take in the city, you yeah. know? So I guess we'll just kind of go into some things that kind of i had issues with again this is a movie where you have to remind yourself that this is a true story <laughs> real real quick can i can i share some of my positives for this oh yeah movie? of course sorry, sorry yeah about yeah. That. yeah go ahead so other than what you said because I, I agree with you uh the sound design is is really well done i think oh sorry um, the, the racing scenes for the most part were good too the fucking racing scenes i thought were awesome like i yeah. thought the way they filmed them were really good Okay, so I will say this. There are some parts where it doesn't display the sense of speed as well as some other parts. Mm. But for the most part, the sense of speed is really well done. I like the overlay scenes where, like, it breaks apart the car and shows Mm. him in his room. I thought that was really awesome. The relationship between him and David Harbour's character, Mm. I thought was really well done for how they handled it. Mm. Like, way better than the one between him and his dad. I thought that was. I, I have done a theory well. on why they didn't go so hard on that. Sure, I thought the rivalry, even though it, we'll, and we'll get into this, even <laughs> though it wasn't real, it's not, it's not accurate. I thought the movie rivalry uh, between him and the Kappa was pretty, was pretty well done for the most part. You know, they didn't, he didn't have like a super a lot of depth to him, but he served the purpose that he needed to serve, mm-hmm. and I thought that was fine. And just like. 
just the the use of the cinematography like i thought was really well done specifically for the races like i just mm-hmm. i just loved how they filmed the races in this movie and i think it definitely builds a lot of emotion there's one more big plus i gotta give this movie but i'll uh i'll talk about that when we actually talk about this part of the movie because it is probably the most pivotal part of the movie and i'm sure you already kind of know what mm-hmm. i'm thinking yeah uh, when we go to it but like let's go to your negatives now okay so real quick, I just want to touch on the dad relationship and, and maybe why it wasn't as fleshed out. Again, we have to remember this is a true story. Yes, this is a movie about Gran Turismo and kind of what they did, like their this kind of like marketing thing they they did. But yeah. I from what I read after I watched the movie, his dad in real life. So this is the Jan Martin Borough story, essentially, yeah. right? It's marketed as a GT movie, but the the yeah. true story aspect is his story. And yeah. from what I can gather from what I read, his dad wasn't unsupportive. It's just yeah. that they couldn't afford to to you know help him progress in in that career or even get started. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe that's why they didn't want to go too hard into like, oh, he was really wasn't supportive or blah blah blah. Because if you're telling this kid's story and his dad wasn't like that, you kind of want to like walk that line. Well, here's right? the thing. They here's a here's here's my problem with that mm. though right it's like you're you're already manufacturing drama that also wasn't real either mm-hmm. for other things that i feel like if you're gonna manufacture drama it sh- at, at least needs to serve the story like manufacturing drama is normal right mm-hmm. every based on a true story movie cuts corners or like plays with the truth or just manufactures straight bullshit right and we let it go as long as it serves the movie you know, mm-hmm. does it make a better movie with it there? The shit that they made up that is there is like it doesn't add to the movie. Like the to girlfriend me, really well, doesn't yeah, do we anything. Can, for we the can movie. talk about that, but the to- car chase I think doesn't really do anything for the movie. None of those do anything for the movie. The dad relationship is actually one of the more interesting things because he was so against him doing this or so like on him for having like a real life this is where the movie is is super flawed right so Mm. you not only that aspect where the dad wasn't supportive of him because so let me just say like they probably didn't want (laughs) to so manufacturing drama you're gonna do sure yeah but they probably didn't want to do anything to slander his dad in any way right and and maybe yan had some say in that as well like oh kind of make him like hesitant but not like Oh, like you're wasting your life. Walk that line. Because if you're manufacturing like the rivalry, that serves into the movie, into the, the racing aspect of it, right? So mm-hmm. that kind of has a purpose in there. The girlfriend thing, I completely agree with you. I want to talk mm-hmm. about that. That was super mm-hmm. fucking stupid. But mm-hmm. that's just my logic for so, them doing that. So, How, hold on, hold on. So here's the thing. No, go sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. ahead, my bad. Um so Moving on from that point, because I think that's a, a very small thing. This movie does a poor job of, of again, the setup because it's like his whole thing for being a racer is I play this game really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anyone in real life, if they wanted to do something, you know, racing related, you think there'd be more driving, real driving experience, right? Mm-hmm. For, for this character. They yeah. never once tell you that he has any sort of real driving experience mm-hmm. or that he's even made an effort to attempt to even do like real driving experience. So when they set up that car chase scene, right, or the, the cop evasion scene, yeah. I was confused at what they were trying to establish. Are they trying to establish that, oh, he can drive or yeah. that he's still kind of green at driving? 
Either way, it didn't make any sense. If it he, didn't translate. Yeah, it didn't translate because if he's if you're showing me that he's good at driving, he doesn't really seem like he's good at driving. Um, a movie that showed someone knowing their surroundings and being a really good driver was Drive. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I haven't. The opening scene in that movie is fucking incredible. That's how you show that someone can drive, especially if it's in their own city. Um, I, I don't want to ruin it for you. He basically is a getaway driver for criminals. And yeah. his, his the first scene in that movie is him evading the cops. Yeah. Um, and not just like speeding away, but like doing clever little things because he knows his area. If the cop evasion scene in, in Gran Turismo was trying to do that, they failed. Yeah. If they tried to show that he's green at driving, well then, again, this is where you remind yourself, this is a true story. This actually happened because this makes no fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, which which doesn't actually help this movie because that part isn't real. Right, so this exactly. Is, this is one of those things where, what I was going to say earlier um, before I uh, accidentally cut you off. Uh, <laughs> but like, this is one of those situations where the actual real life story I think is actually more interesting and captivating than what they tried to do in the movie to make it seem more interesting. Mm -hmm. So the actual story, like, and maybe I, I, I remember seeing this, but um, from what I recall, I act, like, I think he actually didn't even have his license initially that until makes... he, he got the, he got the invitation he did the thing and then he's like, oh, fuck, like I, like I can't get there or how am I going to get there? And then he got his license. Like he okay. actually didn't really have that much driving experience, like real that driving experience. That would have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So to my point, right, like if that's the actual true story, cut that out altogether because it's yeah. not necessary and show him playing the game more and show more drama for that because that actually is probably closer to the truth and it actually serves a purpose because – it is showing more of the game that the movie is taking its namesake from, mm -hmm. you know, and you can find a way to film that and make it interesting. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? This scene doesn't do anything because one it has the stupid overlays. And then two, <laughs> it's like, it's so inconsequential. It establishes nothing. It establishes nothing, you know, except for, yeah, he has some driving skill that will later come in handy when he actually driving. But, like, we can believe that just from him driving good in the game. Because but it's like, the whole point of the story is that he's a good at the game and that can translate to actual driving. But even then, like, when they leave to go to their, their meetup and they're pushing the car and he gets in, his brother is giving him instructions on how to drive. He's like, oh, drop no. the clutch, right? Isn't no, it's the other way. It's the other way. It's his brother is the one driving. And he's like pissed off because his brother wants to drive when he thinks he's Was clearly it? a better driver. And then he's telling him, like, I thought you knew how to drive. Like, do the clutch. Like, like, what are you uh, doing? It's okay, maybe I misinterpreted that. That drives. Um, yeah. But anyways, so uh, again, going with that scene, the fucking that's where you get introduced to the love interest, mm -hmm. which again, this fucking movie, who wrote the dialogue to this movie? It, I, it has to be some sort of fucking boomer or some sort of fucking elder millennial because mm -hmm. They, they, they do the whole thing where they're talking, right? And then at the end of it, she goes, oh, fucking DM me sometime. I'm like, what the? If you guys know each other in real life and you guys are clearly into each other, wouldn't you already have her fucking number? Yeah. Like. It's like, it's just so stupid. Because like. It's, it's just so buzzwords. Clear. DM me. It's so clear that she likes him. And it's so clear that he likes her. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like. 
Like they're like it just doesn't make any fucking sense to like go through all of this like nonsense and like what it's not even tr- it's not important to the story yeah. that they're trying to tell. They're just doing it because like they need Hollywood this element seems to of think this that movie. there needs to be an element of love. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that like, was really fucking That's dumb. not true. Like this movie could have been purely just about racing and it would have accomplished even more, you mm-hmm. know? I feel like there's movies that have already proven that. Like there, there doesn't need to be a love interest. There doesn't need to be there doesn't need to be all these typical things that a smooth brain people like think we want to see in movies. <laughs> like it could just be a movie that is strictly about this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. We can live with that. You know? If there's one thing I hate, it's movies that take their audience for simpletons. Like you guys have to have this. Otherwise, this movie isn't appealing to you. We mm-hmm. need to have like a love interest. We need to have really stupid random drama. Like you need to, we need to have that because you want that and you don't know that you want. Like, no, people know what they want. And all people want is a good story and it told in a competent way. Mm-hmm. And you can do that. You don't need to have these things because there's plenty of movies that have these things that suck. Yeah. that don't do well so clearly it's not that and luckily for this movie even though it has that shit it also does tell like an interesting competent story that we are able to forgive those things for and we can still enjoy this movie because this movie does have a high a pretty high audience rating it does. rating on on rotten tomatoes it has like a 98 percent. it's also got like a seven point something on imdb which is pretty fucking high yeah. Higher than I thought. So, this like, movie clearly, did. this movie did do a lot of things right. It probably could have been higher if they just cut out all that bullshit. Continuing on my criticisms, it, and it mm. really is mostly just this this first half. I guess we can go back to the father son relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why it was a secret that he got invited to do this. His whole dad, his dad, is bitching the whole time about it's like not you're not doing anything. this. Isn't going to result in anything exactly. real. And then the realest here, thing. Lo and behold, here it is. Something real. Yeah. And he feels the need to hide it. And I'm yeah. just like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't. That was such a weird fucking choice. I don't under. Like you said, the manufactured drama just doesn't make any fucking sense in this movie. It, it just, doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it's so bad. Like it. Like it really is bad. Like I'm not cutting any corners here. Like it's bad. And there's like even like the little even to break it down to an even more minuscule level. There's a part where the whole reason he like starts to cop evasion scene is because like i'm not gonna miss my fucking like race tomorrow i'm not gonna miss my race tomorrow like i have to evade the police because i refuse to miss his race which okay fine sure but then the movie contradicts itself where when they arrive home the dad's awake and he's waiting on the car and they're like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck and then he's like i will take the blame if you say I'm a better racer, than yeah. you. like motherfucker, if you take the blame, that is increasing the opportunity for you to miss your race, which you literally just ran away from the cops from yeah. for, which I don't know if you know, this is way worse than getting yelled at by your so, dad. <laughs> in defense of that whole thing, it could just be taking blame for the, the mirror getting swiped. Now, don't don't go too deep into this because then you're I'm sure you'd be like, well, wouldn't he question what happened? Blah blah. blah. Let's just let's just say no, no. that he's taking the blame for the mirror. Even, sure, even, <laughs> even but even that, like, don't couldn't you agree? No, that absolutely. Even if it was just the mirror, yeah, like taking the blame for anything still 
decreases well, the chances that he makes the race because his dad yeah. could just be like, you're grounded. Well, even then, like him going out in the first place doesn't make any sense because he knows how important this is. He knows yeah. this is his big shot. And what does he give it up for? A fucking girl who he doesn't even have his number, like her number. To like, be fair, to be, here's the thing, though. Like, that I'm more willing to forgive because men do stupid shit all the time for pussy. No. Like, but, that's that's. But that's the fact, fact, what are they establishing? Are they friends or are they, like, strangers? Because they clearly have talked to each other. Yeah. Right? They follow each there. other on social media. She she asked him, like, what, so why are you so obsessed with the game? So she knows him well enough to know that he's, like, super obsessed with this game. Yeah. Do you yeah. not have her phone number? Do people just not call or text each other in fucking England? Like, yeah. what the fuck? I don't know. It's yeah. just the relationship wasn't believable to me at all. It was pointless. And even when mm-hmm. she shows up later, I, and first of all, I don't even think they had chemistry. Like, I wasn't, yeah. there was no chemistry there whatsoever. It was, it was non-existent. It was yeah. non-existent. And then when she shows up, it's just... Even David Harbour had more more chemistry. Yeah. And then, like, again, when you see him kind of longing for her, again, he's just on his her fucking page. It's like, dude, just fucking text her. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just so fucking weird. Like, the stakes are so low, exactly. and they try to make it seem like they're so high. Exactly. Like, fucking you know? get rid of that shit. That shit was so well, stupid. Another, another thing, too, like, that this movie, like, like, it's weird because this is a story that's from, like, 2013. Yeah, so it's not... This is a 2012 story that they're trying to tell in 2023. Three. So 10 years you later. Know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like... There's things that they do, like where it's like it's a PS5, where I think in real life it was like a PS3. Which, you know, fine. If they want to like set it in modern times, I could forgive that, right? That's totally whatever. Like, that's the least of my worries. But then it's like there's like little things that they do, though, that date it to like, well, this would make way more sense in 2013. So, for example, the, a, a, a big thing with David Harbour's character is that he like likes to listen to music on a Walkman. That's like something I was going to point Sony out. Walkman. So then in. In Japan, in the year of our Lord, 2023, he finds like a digital Sony Walkman, which by today's standards are obsolete. Does not Look, nobody fucking buys that it's shit. It's like I fucking told like, you. This is a fucking Sony ad, dude. <laughs> it's actually like hard to find those, like unless you're buying them from eBay. Maybe on Amazon they have them. I don't fucking well, know. The but fucking they're not, thing. It's like phones exist. It's 2023 yeah. in this in this timeline. It's 2023. He probably has a smartphone. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure. He could just play music off of that. Yeah, when he walked out of Team Kappa, I'm pretty sure he called on a fucking smartphone. It wasn't a fucking flip phone. Which can play exactly. music. So you getting the most modern version of a Walkman still does not make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense you at know? all. One thing that did really bother me. So... I would describe myself as a a, a diet car enthusiast where mm-hmm. I'm not a gearhead. I don't know all the fucking engine terms and parts and, and what mods you should do and blah, blah, blah. But I do appreciate cars and I do think I have more knowledge on cars than your average consumer. Than um, the normie. Than the normie. Yeah. The fact that they get to the GT Academy and they... Put these guys who have no real racing experience, sure, they might have their driver's license, for sure. The -hmm. fact that they just throw them into a Nissan GTR, fucking 100,000 plus uh, car Uh with 600 horsepower. You're just going to throw these kids into these things and expect them to do racing maneuvers. Like, start them off in a fucking Nissan 370Z. 
something that is so, of that nature, but not the fucking fucking highest level. What the so fuck? Wait, well, so I actually do have a question though. Like, so in words to that, right? Because like that didn't bother me as much. Like, do you know what they actually raced? Like, what they actually drove? In yes, because I mean? I did check, and what, they were three seventy Zs, which three seventies makes okay. sense because yes. so I I don't even so we're 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 talking about how they manufactured the drama because sure. that's movie beats, right? That's what you yeah, need to yeah, hit. Yeah. I don't think this movie knew its fucking audience. It's Gran Turismo. These people who are watching these movies most likely are going to be car people. No cars. So yeah. the fact that you're throwing these kids and these unexperienced drivers into again fucking hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollar cars with six hundred horsepower mm-hmm. as your training car is insane to me. That's like yeah. I was that was like so glaring to me. I understand they look way cooler, and it is way cooler mm-hmm. to drive a GTR, but it just yeah. doesn't make any sense in a movie that's already so unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know that really like peeved me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they they did actually train in 370Zs, which again makes a lot more sense. So yeah, I agree with you. Then they probably should have just stuck to that. But maybe they really wanted to push the whole supercar angle, they were, um, because that is what he ends up driving. But again, like that just kind of if you're a car person, that just kind of what what makes the true story more interesting. What they they do mm-hmm. in the movie, because in the movie they start him out with the GTRs, which is like. Okay, like let's just assume that he automatically magically knows how to drive can like figures out how to drive this car and then like then then he graduates to the team Nissan like mm-hmm. like actual like race car race car. Cool, 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 cool. Wouldn't it be more impressive then from like a car enthusiast standpoint to start him out on like what you said the three the 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 the, the car mm-hmm. the 370Z, right? Yeah. Start him out on that. And then he jumps to like this supercar, which is not the gap between those two cars is way wider. Yes. You know, so it would be way more interesting because the gap between the 370Z and the GTR is pretty significant. We're talking about 300 plus more horsepower. Like, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so again, $30,000 car versus $100,000 car. Like, what the fuck? To that point, let me let me throw this out there. Right. So a pivotal point in the movie is when he's racing with david harper in his passenger and then Mm. they he you know attempts to make a pass and then maddie uh kind of blocks him and then he has to kind of decelerate break to like avoid crashing Mm -hmm. and he isn't able to and then he basically tries to make the point to david harper's character who doesn't believe him initially that like hey like i tried to break i did but the brakes are glazed glazed brakes basically means that the the brake pads like are so overheated that like like a like a they start to harden to a point where like it's almost like glass. I I I'm maybe not explaining it the best way. I'm not a car person. Forgive me. This is just what I read up on. I think it like it's like smooth, so there's not enough friction. Smooth smooths over, so there's not as much friction, so they don't work as effectively. Mm-hmm. Essentially, right? Yeah. I'm not a fucking car person, nor am I like that hardcore of a Gran Turismo player. I don't have the fucking steering wheel to brake. Is that something that Gran Turismo is able to simulate? I don't Does know. Does it simulate that? I have no idea. I Because, like, that doesn't make... Like, I would imagine, and this is just me, I would imagine that that's very hard for a video game to simulate well, accurately. Here, here's where I'll, I'll kind of give it some defense. Mm-hmm. I personally have never played those endurance races. 
where mm-hmm. that might actually be a factor where the brakes wear. Yeah. So it, it might, it could, it could, it very well could, but that's a game mode I never played or a race type I yeah. never did. We were very casual. <laughs> We're, no, 1000% we're super casual <laughs> we but were very like, casual that's one of the unbelievable aspects to me it's like it's like is the game really that good where it'll simulate this thing that can seemingly happen frequently right yeah. because david harper doesn't believe him so that leads me to believe narrative wise at least that leads me to believe that this is something that can just happen like a freak thing mm-hmm. you know it's not predictable i feel like you would have been able to feel that before it completely glazed over yeah like you would have been able to like hey this isn't responding as well especially with david arbor the the fucking gearhead in the yeah. passenger seat with him like hey your brain is kind of weird like would he be able to feel that in i was the passenger, i would, I being would assume as in tune with cars as he is right that's like, what i would assume yeah so yeah so those are some things that we um like some gripes we have in the movie like i want to kind of go back to like things we liked about the movie okay um and i i want to use this as an opportunity to talk about like the pivotal moment in the movie like i do think this movie does do a good job of like incorporating like some real life aspects of the movie into it At the beginning of the movie it shows like stuff like you know shots of his room and it makes it like a plot point but there's a particular photo that it shows of him as a kid next to like a ferrari mm-hmm. little cool detail about that maybe you knew this already because you looked it up or maybe you don't that's the actual photo of the actual yan marlboro yeah i think uh they they use it in like the credits i think or at the very yeah. end of the movie like in one of the end montages that's, so yeah. yeah that's a real photo of the actual person that the movie's based on which i thought was like a really nice touch did you did you like really cool. did you like the sticker that was like game life or something that was stupid <laughs> that was corny did not need to be there it's so funny that the people that make games do not understand gamers like yes there are some corny ass gamers out there but most yeah. gamers aren't as corny as the media makes them out to be you mm-hmm. know like gamers don't come walk around with like the walmart t-shirts that say i pause my game to be here you know like (laughs) that's just not accurate (laughs) you know like that's we're just not that corny you know but you know people like for some reason the people that fucking make video games want to try to make us out to be like that i think it's just a thing again of like they didn't know what they wanted to do with this movie did yeah. they want to make a good racing movie? Did they want to make the Yan story movie? Did they mm-hmm. want to make a movie for gamers? Did they want to make a movie for car people? Like, it's just kind of all over the place. They could have used, like, some more focus, I think. The actual Yan Martinborough being his own stunt driver, That's I thought pretty was baller. fucking awesome, dude. That was so fucking cool. And you don't learn that until the end of the movie, obviously. Yeah. That, like, already was like, holy fuck, that's fucking tight, dude. That's so cool. I love that this movie doesn't place a hard emphasis on first getting first place because Mm -hmm. that's not true to the story and that's just not real life like you don't always win this movie places very real emphasis on them just podium like just making the podium which i i I appreciated that i could appreciate that too but i do have a gripe on how they handled a lot of that is Mm -hmm. there was so much overuse of the photo finish of mm-hmm. oh you just barely made it for once can we get a convincing win where he doesn't need to be first but at least mm-hmm. you know gap the fucking dude right so well maybe not gap but like they at least did that in the final race where he did win by a considerable amount it wasn't like a photo photo finish like tip in typical movie terms so i was at least like like cool like it's definitive he won 
going back to like what I hate about the movie, like the manufactured drama, the fucking manufactured drama of him barely beating Maddie in the race at the GT Academy final. And then them going back and forth, like, listen, Maddie's better on the mic. So like, maybe (laughs) we should just say that he like, this is so stupid. We mean, we know he wins. Otherwise, also, there's not a movie like this doesn't yeah. need to be here. Just let him win and let's get to the better parts of the movie. You know, like this is so stupid. Um, a movie that I constantly think about when watching this movie that I, I kind of compare it in my mind to mm-hmm. is Top Gun Maverick. Because they both have that same type of feel where it's like it starts out with like a class and then like just going through the rigors of like learning something. And then it cold, you know, it culminates in like a real life test of what they've learned throughout the movie. Top Gun Maverick to me is a way far superior movie that does everything better. But to me, they both have like the similar vibe. And I feel like I enjoy both movies because of how they go about this whole process. Mm-hmm. It's just for me, the thing that Top Gun Maverick does better that this movie doesn't is that it handles those moments better where it Top Gun Maverick doesn't manufacture drama the same way that this movie does for the sake of just we're not going to enjoy this movie unless it has this stupid shit whereas top gun maverick just treats us like adults it fucking just handles the drama that does exist as it exists and then it goes about its day you know mm-hmm. speaking of like just manufactured drama and and maddie i cannot believe they found a way to add in the typical villain trope of eating a fucking apple because he comes in eating a fucking apple talking shit i'm like really and he doesn't even finish it yeah fucking asshole (laughs) like the only thing that would have made it 10 times better and more hilarious is if he had the fucking knife and he was cutting the slices (laughs) while doing that shit (laughs) i just wish there was more scenes where he he beat he won convincingly Mm -hmm. um i understand you want to paint him out as this um, underdog. underdog story but yeah. you also want to kind of paint him as a prodigy right like someone yeah. who just has he's that, that fucking one percent of people who are just gifted i do appreciate how they reordered the races yes so like for anybody that doesn't know it but you've seen the movie um they they play with the timeline a little bit mm-hmm. a so, lot kind of actually a lot of but like so for one um the biggest change that they made was switching the final race and the pit and the uh turning point race right mm-hmm. so the turning point race which we'll talk about more because i i have some things to say about it is Nur- nuremberg and whatever nuremberg. um yeah and le mans the final race the climax so in the actual real life version of this story those are switched like he actually does le mans before even before Nuremberg, by the time Nuremberg, I'm just going to call it Nuremberg. I know that's not how it's spelled, so it's probably pronounced a little bit differently. But I'm just Nuremberg. for the sake of just yeah. conversation, I'm just going to call it Nuremberg. Nuremberg actually happens well into his racing career. Like he's already like an established racer by Nuremberg. And I also believe he's done. He did a 24 hour race before Le Mans as well. Like that's yeah. actually one of like his first races. I think it was like something along the lines of like a 24 hour race. When watching the movie the second time, Janice was kind of coming in and out mm-hmm. uh, while I was watching it. Um, she was asking me like, was that really like a thing 
with Nuremberg where like it affected him like that much or whatever. And I told her like, well, no, because at that point he was already an established racer. So that wouldn't have been a thing. Like him being a gamer was like so far out of the question mm-hmm. at this point. He was like already team Nissan and it was a different car. Like he wasn't, he was at this point in his career, I believe he was already racing formula one, Something which like he that. had made the switch to. Yeah. The timeline gets played with a little bit, but you you feel like that was to to it, to it's, its benefit. Yes. I agree with you. For movie purposes, it builds the plot very well. Yeah, and also I don't think a lot of people who did watch this movie as like a popcorn flick will understand. They're not going to care. They're, they're not going to care, and they're not going to understand. Like a twenty four hour race sounds way more intense than any mm-hmm. of the other races he was doing. So of course it makes sense to put that last in the movie because it seems like a bigger accomplishment, right? Like you see that Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh fuck, that's crazy. And it also gives a really good, like cathartic moment because it pulls Maddie and the other guy into the race. Mm -hmm. So like these guys that he was like competing against early on in the movie are now his allies. And it's like, it's really nice moment, you know, for the movie. That's also a really cool thing. I appreciate about the movie is that that actually like not, not Lamont specifically, but he did team up with, Mm -hmm other racers that were with him at gt academy okay so like let's talk about it the the pivotal moment of this movie i think um the biggest moment of this movie so at nuremberg he gets to a part of the course where it's known as like a very like an airlift part of the course where like cars take flight partially but because of the wind conditions at the time of of the race like it lifts his car so much that he ends up flying into the stands and killing someone Mm -hmm. um I thought this scene was done so fucking well. I thought the way they handled it was very well done. I loved it. If you watch the actual crash, it's pretty much which it is shot for shot. Spot, it is spot on. Yeah. They nailed it. And the immediacy of it. So like how it plays out in the movie is it starts out with a basically in in real in slow motion showing him start to lift off the ground and like it happening. And then it cuts to like a real time, fast as fuck, like him just lifting up and crashing. It's like a, it's almost like a Final Destination type of shot where you just see the death just fucking hit you, yeah. and it's meant to like catch you off guard. And it looks and so unnatural. It, it, it looks, looks so, so unnatural, but it is actually how yeah. it happened, and it's breathtaking. I actually remember seeing that crash when it happened on Reddit. Mm-hmm. It made the Reddit front page, I believe. Um, yeah, and I didn't know anything about who was driving. I didn't care. All I saw was some, yeah. some fucking crazy ass crash. So when I saw it in the movie, I was like, "Oh shit!" And then I look up the real footage, like, "Oh, I've seen this. Like, I saw this crash." Yeah, in fucking sane. Yeah, the way they handled that like whole scene, I thought was just fucking phenomenal. Like, it was so well done, and like tragic, super tragic, and you know, and like. Very tasteful of them to not show anybody being, you know, being Mm -hmm. killed, you know, respectful to the person that actually died in the actual event. Like, I think, you know, no one needs to go see that. You Mm -hmm. know, it's not important. You know, what's important is his comeback from it, because that is such a hard thing to do is knowing that you took a life and making the choice to continue on. And to follow that up, I thought the scene of him finding out the hospital was really well done. The scene between him and David Harbour where David takes him to the spot where he flew off the track 
and makes him finish the rest of the race. Dude, and they pull up I in was that just like, fucking Porsche GTR. Oh my god, that's oh, it's like oh insane. so good. It takes my breath away watching it because it's just so accurate to what the actual crash yeah. looked like. And then just the way they handle it is just like so like, oh my God. Like that is fucking terrifying. I do want to talk about David Arbor's character in this movie. You can argue that this is what David Arbor does best. Uh, or mm-hmm. like he's typecasted, but man, it, he, he it does seems it like he's just so playing himself, good. you know, right? Yeah, but he just does it so good. He's always playing this kind of disgruntled older man. But the one thing he does really well is he forms chemistry with the actors. So you mm-hmm. believe the relationship. He he did that in Stranger Things and he did that in this movie for sure. Where you yeah. just kind of feel like, yeah, there is a bond there. He makes it believable, even though it's like, oh, he's doing the same thing again. It's not like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who you see him do his thing, and you're just like, okay. You know what I mean? There's, it's just there's actual like even though he's doing the same thing again, there's like substance to what he's doing. Yeah, you know, and there's, and there's nuances. The movie, whereas Dwayne is just <laughs> doing what he does because it it sells tickets and it's just what people come to see. So in that sense, we are the smooth brain fucking yeah. like we're we're gonna buy into this shit audience. But like what David Harbor does, like yes, he is kind of typecasted and yeah. like. When I watch this, I just see him playing himself, essentially. Yeah. Like, it works in this context. Like, it works. And as long as you're choosing the correct roles, like, it can work, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what he's doing. I like how they made Danny almost seem like he was kind of morally gray. Uh, like, you weren't really sure, like, is this guy fully on board? Is this guy just, you know? I, I enjoyed his character a lot. Yeah. Like, I thought his character was fun. Because they could have made him I super thought- one-dimensional. It, it Honestly, it surprised me how little he was in the movie after mm-hmm. the, the pitch. I thought he yeah. would be more involved in the movie, but he's just kind of there, which was interesting. But when, he, but when he is when he is there, though, I think it's great. Like, so there's the part of him, like, being like, oh, listen, from a marketing standpoint, Maddie's better. Like, just say Maddie. Like, okay, yeah. it's like, okay, scumbag. Like, come on now. Yeah. But then, like, there's other parts of the movie that show the more human side of him where he's not thinking with his marketing brain, where it's like, Hey, go like in, he's telling um, go with your fake girlfriend and he's telling escape. he's telling Jan to go enjoy the city. <laughs> it's like or like when they're having the conversation at the bar is like, look, they're gonna fucking try, they're trying to like start like a, a social media fire against us, but like we're, this is how we're gonna fucking get them back. And it's like the marketing brain all over again, but this time it's in favor of Jan. It's yeah. like yeah, Orlando, fucking do that shit. His character has the potential to be super eye rolly. Just super cringe, just like, ah, oh, here we go again. Typical, yeah, like this type of character we've seen before a million times. But I think what Orlando does with it and the way they write him, I think it works in this scenario. Like, I think it's like it's fun, it isn't super like, um, which what's the word? Um, typical, you know, yeah. it does enough where it's like, okay, like I can get behind this character. Oh, you know what? I this just randomly came to my brain. You know what? I thought was a weird detail that they really put some effort into showing. Was mm-hmm. when Jan made it to the gaming cafe to do his qualifying race, and it sh- zooms in on him. It's like a fucking shot of him just taking off his shoes, yeah, to get in the <laughs> fucking seat. I'm like, they they never established like that. That's how he feels comfortable playing, or like that's his thing that helps him get in the zone. It's just which such is a funny because like I thought. Thing. Here's the thing: 
I thought of that as like he's in a gaming cafe and they don't want people like putting their <laughs> shoes on their equipment. That's how I took it. So but, I don't know, right? It, Who's to say? But it's, it could be that. It could be what you said. It's just how he gets in the zone. But they make an effort to in one of the shots where he's doing the race and it, it starts doing the car overlay. There's literally mm-hmm. one fucking shoe right next to him. <laughs> like they emphasize yeah. that he took off his shoe. I'm like, is that a fucking thing that? real life Jan did like is that like something that like helped him get in the zone like i don't understand what that was honestly you lost some seconds doing that bro (laughs) yeah i don't know that was such a weird so yeah so because he lost seconds doing it that's why i think it's like that's like the rules of the gaming cat of the gaming cafe like that's what i read it as that's what i but you would think because his the owner is like his boy and he's just so high for him he's like no fuck it just go just go just go like we'll fucking lice all that shit later (laughs) like he literally told him he literally told him if i don't make it just start in my place (laughs) like dude well it's also like think about this too right like so he bikes there from his dad's work yeah so did his dad drive to work and let him make him bike to his job (laughs) i don't understand like you would think they would have carpooled together yeah right but even if they carpooled, all he was trying to do was just teach him a lesson. Like this is where you end up. I mean, he probably he wasn't trying to like punish him. He probably couldn't leave work though to drop him off. So he probably I don't know if they took the bike with him. <laughs> I really don't Who's know. Say? Again, don't know. again, he should have just told him, "Hey, I have this qualifying thing. <laughs> yeah, that I need yeah. to be in. I'll do you one better, right? So the movie makes a big deal about it. Does like the advertisement at the beginning of the movie with like the creator of the game. I forgot his name. Sorry. Um, yeah. right. And it does that. And then you see him throughout the movie in later parts of the movie. Right. So what's interesting to me is that the person that they use as the creator of the game, isn't the actual creator of the game who mm-hmm. is still very much alive. Right. Mm-hmm. He actually does make an appearance later on in the movie as like the sushi chef for when him and his girlfriend go to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, why not just use the actual creator of the game to play the creator of the game? That would have been a nice little detail and it's cool. But instead, you use him as a cameo as a sushi chef, and then you hire some actor to play him. They wanted a it's Stanley like no moment. One, <laughs> like nobody <laughs> knows what he actually looks like, and nobody knows how old he actually is. So it kind of doesn't really matter. Look, Jake from State Farm was an actual State Farm agent, and then they they asked him for the new guy for the new Jake because new Jake is an actual actor, and they wanted to like utilize him more. I guess not not saying this is the same thing. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Maybe I just wanted to say that as a fun fact. But <laughs> Congrats. You know State Farm lore. Congrats. Hey, dude. <laughs> Give me some progressive lore next. What, what, what about Flo? They tried to wean her off. Like, that's when they started introducing the other agents. But then everyone was like, where the fuck is Flo? We want yeah, Flo. How does this affect LeBron's legacy? You think Le- LeBron could race a car? <laughs> if he played enough GT... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anyone can, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Going back to like the real life aspects of this movie that they of the story that they use in the movie. At first, watching this movie, when they started playing like the Kenny G and then the Enya, oh, I was yeah. like, what the fuck? This is like kind of such a weird angle. I was like, this then, had to be a real thing because it's so out there. Yeah. It yeah, it's so out there. It's so if feels so random in the moment but then it pays off at the end because there's like a really good bit at the yeah. end where he plays it over the thing and that gets him back in the zone i actually i thought that was really well done i thought that was really the, the way they handled the music 
like the real music and then like it transitioning to to Jan's headphones and then at the same time David Arbor's headphones I thought was really cool like I thought I yeah. like that they did it for his character as well as Jan's super good right and yeah. then it's revealed at the end of the movie like oh this is actually a real thing he actually did yeah. do this before races to calm himself down and then that at that moment we were like oh fuck that's awesome that they did now it's awesome but in the moment, it feels so random. It feels so weird. It was so, again. This is where knowing, kind of like it's based on a true story, pays off because it's like this is so weird. This is so fucking random for this kid to be to be blasting Kenny G and Enya. That, that takes it, place in the year twenty twenty three in this movie, yeah, right? Timeline or twenty thirteen, like, especially in, weird. in real life. And in twenty thirteen, it would have been weird too. Yeah. So that's why I was like. Know? This has to be something he actually did, unlike the shoes, yeah. which we don't know. <laughs> we, don't we don't know, know what the shoe was. I need to know the story of the shoes. I know I'm like kind of going backwards, but like That's when fine. you were talking about like the relationship between David Harper's character and then Jan. Yeah. Um, one thing that I thought was really cool, and I, I don't know, I don't think it's real, was David Harper's character's stance on champagne. I thought was really fucking cool. That really was a fucking baller awesome. ass line, dude. Right. Champagne is for right, the like, podium. Champagne is for the podium. That is fucking like, baller dude, as fuck. That's fucking tight. And it's like, it gives title of the fucking like, episode. Great fucking motivation. Right. Yeah. And then it, it pays off. So this is the one time I'm like grateful for the stupid make-believe <laughs> girlfriend where it's like when they're on their date in Tokyo and she tries to get him to drink champagne. And he's like, no champagne's for the podium. Like, Yeah. Yeah, yawn. Fucking tell her. It, it is just her, so dude. fucking random, though, to like have yeah. champagne at what were they like at sushi or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such whatever. a dope line, though. It like is, it works. It's hard so as well. fuck. It is hard, hard as fuck. Hard as fuck. Champagne is for the podium. <laughs> you know what's so not hard as fuck? Milk. I'm looking at you, NASCAR. <laughs> fucking lame as shit. Driving yeah, in circles. Lame as shit. Drive in circles and have milk. Fucking lame. Yeah. No, champagne. <laughs> Hey, no, because what are you going to say? Milk is for the podium. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not going to say that. That's you want milk Fucking in your cereal? Milk. No. Milk is for the podium. The fuck? I will say this. The fucking crashes, though. So, like, obviously we talked about Jan's crash, but, like, the crash with the uh, with the Kappa guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then the crash with the, the with the Kappa teammate. I don't think he was, like, a Kappa guy, but the rainbow motherfucker. Yeah, he was, like, another team. Fucking the crashes that they filmed in this movie, fucking awesome, dude. They like it, they look so fucking crazy, dude. The so one where the well guy done. caught on fire, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. shit. And then Yon like freaking like, oh my god, is he alive? Because <laughs> like, yeah, even though Yon doesn't like him, he's so scarred from what happened. He's like, dude, yeah. please tell me that was fucking, like, a good character moment, which was yeah. kind of rare in this movie because of so much shitty dialogue. The script must have been written by multiple people because how you come mm-hmm. up with champagne is for the podium and then mm-hmm. have shitty lines like uh, one of the Kappa guys going, I'm going to nerf you. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, it's just like so inconsistent sometimes, you know? Yeah, it, it's it's bonkers. Like the highs of the movie are pretty high. Mm hmm. But the lows are just so, so low. It was like, again, modern. Yeah. Di- like if if you were to make Disney Channel movies in today's terms, 
that was what the first part of the movie was. It was a Felt fucking like, Disney yeah, Channel sure. movie. So, like, I agree with you. Like, the highs of the high, the highs are really fucking high, and the lows are really fucking low. Thankfully, in this movie's benefit, to this movie's benefit, the lows are like smaller parts of the movie, you know, yeah. versus the highs being bigger parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, like the highs of the movie are a lot of the racing shit, which that's a way big part of the movie. So that therefore like way more detrimental versus the lows just being like some of the, just the beginning stuff. It does suffer from like the summer blockbuster, like syndrome where there's just things that are too like dumbed down mm-hmm. or like too simplified. But ultimately I would call this movie a huge success. I would say that it definitely defies expectations does this movie do as well if video game movies didn't have the reputation that they have i don't know maybe I, not. i think it's about the same to be honest it's a good movie like i think it's a really good fun movie that i would recommend to people mm-hmm. maybe not everyone but like it's something that i at least think if you're looking to have a good time and you can get into like the racing aspect of it yeah. Then yeah, for sure, I would recommend this. You movie know what? Too. Actually, I will. So I'm looking at the box office uh, numbers for this. So the budget is an estimated sixty million, mm-hmm. and the gross worldwide is almost a hundred and twenty-two million dollars. So job, I just man. thought of something that maybe helped contribute to its success, even though like we were saying, like oh, racing movies weren't aren't really a big thing that people want to go to, or video game movies kind of suck. Um, I think around this time, or no, even before that, uh, Formula One started blowing up mm-hmm. because of the Netflix show. Yeah. Um, so that probably got a lot of people in the seats um, for this movie. Yeah. Now that I yeah. think about it. I really think the based on the true story angle helped them out so much because mm-hmm. like, it's just like you said, it's so unbelievable. It, like it how is this is. based on a true story? Yeah. So like, it's almost like it, you have to go watch it because you like, how, like, how is this a true story? Yeah. You know, it's just like, <clears throat> shout out to the real actual Yan Yan because like, insane. it's just remarkable. Insane. It is such an insane story. It's not like he's the most decorated racer ever. He's not. But he has some notoriety. He has some accomplishments in the mm-hmm. sport. And that in of itself is the amazing part about it mm-hmm. because it's so unlikely to happen. Yeah. You know? And I believe right it, now he's racing in Japan, I think. Yeah. What I read. Yeah. He's a, yeah. So like his career is primarily in Japan right now. And he's young too. That's the thing. Like, I don't even think he's in his thirties yet. I think he's my age, actually. I think he's like thirty-two. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay, so he is in his thirties. But like, he's super fucking young. Uh, he's not that much older than us, if like that at all. You know? Yeah, he's thirty-two. It's fucking insane, dude. And here I so, am, like, just talking about fucking movies talking <laughs> in about, my yeah, bedroom dude. at eleven twenty-four. Yeah, no, shout out to him, man, because that I that is such a crazy fucking story, dude. Yeah. So insane. Again, so it's, it's one cool. of those things where if you're watching this movie, you just have to remind yourself most of this actually happened. Like the overarching like story happened. Like, yeah, it, it's legitimate. Yeah. Which is insane. It's even it was it's even just insane for Nissan to just even do that. Do this. To dude. just even do that is just insane. Like, why would you okay. put that liability on yourself? Like, that's insane. And And this doesn't work for any other type of like sport yeah like 
the, these fucking people that play in 2K League probably aren't the best ballers. Yeah. You know what I mean? But even then, right, even even if you play a lot of Gran Turismo, the G-forces, which they emphasize in this movie, the G-forces of actually Wait. driving a car, the consequence of yeah. actually clipping a railing, like, it's, it's so different than playing a simulator with feedback. Like, it's just... Yeah. So, again, just... It's still an insane ass story, and yeah, this def that definitely helps this movie one hundred percent. What did you think of the format for Le Mans? Like, how did you think they handled that scene? Because, like me personally, like I thought it was great. I thought it really built the tension having like the other two racers involved. Mm-hmm. I thought having the guy before Jan cramp the up, big climbers, cramp up. I was like, oh, that's great. Like that's believable. You know, like I could totally see yeah, that happening. There's nothing I would. I cramp up driving normally. So there's not a whole lot I would change about that scene because I thought they mm-hmm. for for trying to like piece together a 24 hour race in X amount of minutes. I thought they did a really good job. I just wish they showed a little bit more of what went into the in between. So when the racers were resting, they really only just showed them just like sitting in a chair. Like, I really yeah. wish there was, like, a little more drama to that where they're, like, showing them, like, fucking, like, fuck, I'm so tired and just, like, passing out or something or, like, yeah, eating yeah, yeah. or just, like, staying moving or something along the lines of, like, what they actually do. Unless they do actually just sit there, but I doubt it if they're going to cramp up. <laughs> Who knows, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I do think the the, I, the them doing a 24-hour race is also really cool because endurance races in Gran Turismo, specifically Gran Turismo 2, um, from what I understand, my friend... Uh, my coworker, he's a really big Gran Turismo 2 enthusiast. Mm. And one of his biggest core memories is like doing endurance races on Gran Turismo 2, which would take hours. Yeah. To the point where it is like how it's kind of portrayed in the movie where he was telling me how he would start out the race, then his brother would take over, <laughs> and then he would come back and like they would take turns yeah. finishing this one race. Yeah. Which is like if you're like a real Gran Turismo fan and you've done these endurance races, watching this movie and Basically, them doing an endurance race in real life must have been like a really surreal, fucking cool experience. That it's just fucking awesome, oh. dude. Like I thought the way they handled it was awesome. Can I go back and knock on this movie for a little bit? I think a lot of where the movie falls flat is establishing Jan as a person and like his mm-hmm. racing experience and his even just driving experience. But also, it didn't even seem like he had a lot of knowledge about the sport itself. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like you might have maybe heard about Jack, Jack Salter, you know, David Arbor's mm-hmm. character, or at least have some sort of knowledge on him. And he never, yeah. like, you know, like how we mentioned LeBron or or Steph Curry. Yeah. Or, it, doesn't, it doesn't even show him watching, like, real-life races. Yeah. Like, he only ever shows him watching Gran Turismo. Yeah, and it, it just kind of makes him seem fucking delusional. Yeah. Delulu. That, like, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be a racer because I'm really good at Gran Turismo. You show no interest in the sport at all. Like, exactly. At least they it's haven't just shown us video anything game. where you've shown He's not watching real races. He's just yeah. playing the video game. Like, like. Yeah. again, I just nitpicking that. Not even nitpicking. It is a, just a huge criticism. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just something I can't overlook. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, I even think, like, he wasn't even that big of a Gran Turismo player, even in real life, to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it was like something like he played casually and then when he heard about this opportunity he then like he started practicing got, right he got better yeah yeah i but, think that correct me if i'm wrong but i think that is what actually closer to the truth again like even the if they, real life story yeah, even is if just they did more that, interesting where than this kid just wanted to be a racer really bad didn't have the funds or the means to to even try to like get into the game 
but then goes like, oh, hey, if you play this game really good, you have a shot at being a real racer. Then like, oh, fuck. And then that motivating him to like. Like he got, he was into it casually. He heard about the thing and he's like, let me just try this. Let me just try to get really good at this game. Exactly. That would have been like a better story. In my opinion. Yeah. Before we start going into closing thoughts about it, uh, I will say this. Like, so, like, let's talk a little bit about Neil Neil Blancamp, the director, right? Okay. So, um, I don't know a lot of Neil's work, but I'm very familiar with District Nine. Phenomenal. Which Love is, that movie. Which is probably what I like. I think it's probably one of his more pop, most popular movies. Um, but like, okay. super phenomenal movie, super fucking well done. Going into this movie, <clears throat> I I can't help but think. Sony, like heads at Sony, really had a lot of interference in this because I genuinely think if Neil was, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, but if Neil had 100% creative control over how this movie would have gone, there would have been a lot less of the stupid popcorn flick fluff. Bringing that back up, the fluff. There's a scene in the movie where they kind of book and the the relationship with his dad or they kind of wrap it up mm-hmm. and they have that final moment where he goes oh uh i did this for you it did not land because the relationship was so because yeah. like part of what plays into that too is like they don't show like you said you mentioned this earlier like throughout the whole process of him like going to the academy mm-hmm. doing there's like a whole montage section of him doing races not once do they show the dad yeah or even the mom watching his races. Mm-hmm. The only thing that they kind of do regarding his parents was after he does GT Academy, he calls his mom and he tells his mom. But even his mom has such the most low level mid reaction to him <laughs> winning GT Academy. It's like, mom, I kind of won GT Academy. Oh, that's great. I'm really happy for you. Awesome. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> Bro, like, this is huge. He literally went from playing a video game to racing a actual race car and winning a race that secures him a possible contract with a professional racing team. Yeah. And all you have to say is like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, you don't know what that means. You know what that means? (laughs) Especially since she was the one who was supportive of him even going in the first place. She was the one trying to convince the dad, like, hey, like, let him do this. He's not going to be that far. And then for him to fucking win, she's just like, yeah, 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 nice, nice. So to kind of wrap up, uh, I do want to give this movie one more compliment. It's a two hour and 14 minute movie, even though there's a lot of filler in this movie. It did not feel like two hours and 14 minutes. The pacing it's pretty good. It goes by quick. Real, even with the shit that we don't like about this movie, like, yeah, I agree with you 100%. The pacing is still handled really well. Yeah. Like, they don't linger too long on things that suck. And the things that are good, they spend the right amount of time on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, let's get into the ratings. Sounds like you really love this movie. I did, yeah. So that being said, I, I, I'm really curious to where you're going to, how you're going to rank this. So I want you to go first. I want everyone to keep in mind that on a rating of five scale, two and a half is what's considered average, right? Mm-hmm. I would rate this movie a three, 3.5. I think this movie is a lot of fun. I thought it was executed really well for what it is. 
and I had a lot of fun with it, where it's closer to the four side of 3.5 than it is closer to the three side of 3.5. If that makes sense. Okay. You know? Yeah. I think I'm going to give this movie a two and a half. Um, average. Um, yeah, average, yeah. The The first part, obviously, is where I'm hardest on it. Um, but mm-hmm. the second half was just really like a redeeming factor for me. Like I was about ready mm-hmm. to turn this off and be like, man, this is so fucking corny. Like I can't get past this. This is a Disney mm-hmm. Channel movie. But again, once he gets into the academy and once he goes through the ranks and, and starts racing, it becomes a pretty enjoyable watch. And and David mm-hmm. Arbor, the, the whole cast really just does a really, really good job. So with that, two and a half, which averages the score to a three. So three, yeah. not bad at all. A three out of five for Gran Turismo. Pretty good. It's a good watch. It's a really good watch. I definitely would recommend it to I most think, people. I think if I watched it in theaters, I'd probably give it a three. Because I'm sure oh, the dude. sound, the sound of everything would have like elevated that experience. That shit would have fucking hit, bro. Yeah. So it would have gotten a hypothetical three for me. <laughs> Do you think modernizing it to modern times was a that was really redundant my bad uh, but do you think modernizing it was the correct choice or do you think placing it in the actual era it took place would have been better if we had the in the back of our minds that this is taking place in 2013 maybe there's something that happens in our brains we're like oh it's 2013 corny shit was more acceptable back then like this is fine to me it, or this is more acceptable it, it makes no difference to me because i never once thought oh is this taking place in 2013 or is this modern times it was just it was present enough to make me not even think about that it's not until you see the fucking mp3 player where you're like wait why is he getting him that but yeah other than that it, it felt very present um because gtrs were the same back then 370z sorry the same 20, back then. 20 uh 2011 2011 that's <laughs> yeah, when this all happened 2011 2011 that's when it happened so if we're framing it in 2011 you're saying yeah yeah uh, sorry not 2013 i was saying 2013 Either way, it, it doesn't change anything for me. I think the only thing that would have changed if it was set in like 2011 <laughs> or some shit is he mm. would have like G Fuel on deck. <laughs> was that big in 2010? I, I think so. I think it was big when like Call of Duty was big. Um, that being said, that is our episode for today. You can follow us on Instagram at Nosebleed Matt for me. Nosebleed Daniel for me. And then Nosebleed AV Club for both of us for the whole podcast if you're listening on apple podcast or spotify please drop us a rating drop us a follow and even leave a review if you're feeling generous uh if you're watching this on tiktok oh yeah sorry we're also on tiktok i always forget follow us on there um if you're watching on youtube consider hitting that subscribe button if you haven't already hit us with a like join the discussion leave a comment let us know your thoughts and uh, catch us on our website if you're into that. If you're old school like us, nosebleedav.club. And did I shout everything out? I think so. That should be it. Hit us up on PSN. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't do that. Race Don't us in, that. in Gran Turismo. <laughs> yeah, no, no. You'll beat us easily. <laughs> easily. <laughs> easily. Uh, but again, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Catch you on the next one. Peace.